If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Keep listening for more entertaining and informative opinions from Judge Janine Pirro. Talk Radio 77 WABC. The headlines, the truth, the newsmakers. Katsimatidis rubs shoulders with some of the most powerful people in the world. John Katsimatidis and Cats at Night on 77 WABC. This is John Katsimatidis, Cats at Night, and now we have uh, with us a uh, former EPA uh, administrator, Scott Pruitt, and knows the energy business, and uh, so does Ed Cox. Ed, you were a member of uh, the board of directors at Noble Energy for like 30 years, weren't you? No, I, yeah, for 35 years. 35 I was on the years. board. <laughs> we, were, we found all the gas off Israel. We developed in the yeah. Permian Basin, absolutely, right in the middle of it. Scott Pruitt, you, you, you uh, know the energy business rather well. If you were sitting, standing in the Oval mm-hmm. Office and to give – uh, President Biden, a uh, some advice. What would you tell him to bring down the cost of energy? Uh, energy infrastructure is key. I mean, when you look at uh, our, our domestic uh, situation, uh, production and access to natural gas uh, and oil is abundant. Uh, the problem is is that our liquefaction capacity in this country is uh, uh, oversubscribed. You know, it it takes many years to. Uh, to obviously uh, go through the permitting process. The president could use his national security authority, uh, I think, to suspend permitting requirements uh, in, in due course and, and expedite uh, some of these projects that are key to liquefaction capacity in this country. I mean, to be able to export LNG, you've got to be able to take the natural gas, you've got to be able to convert it to, to liquefied state and transport it. And, and we have the capability of right doing now, it? Uh, it was, uh, oh, oh. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You look at projects in Texas and Louisiana right now, uh, John, uh, those projects have been um, uh, Chenier Energy and others have been advancing those projects for a number of, of, of years. And we need to expedite those projects. Well, if Biden were Ed Cox here, uh, if if Biden were to use a Defense Production Act, how quickly could a liquefaction plant be be built? I mean, Ed. When I mean the the, the status of these projects, um, they've been many years in development. I think that a, a few of them, I, we'd have to get information uh, more specifically. But I get the impression there's a, additional capacity that could be pursued very aggressively if the permitting and the authorizations could occur. Yeah, this administration is not going to do it. That's the problem. Yeah, no question. And um, yeah, administrator. I mean, you, 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 Oh, go ahead, I'm please. Sorry. Go uh, ahead. Yep. You, you pair that. You pair that, Ed, with just the you know th- this you know the the, the uh, what happened yesterday on the inquiries with the energy industry, and they wonder why you know that there's this feeling in America that they're anti-fossil fuel and anti-energy. You know, w- w- the SEC just came out with the climate-related disclosures rule. Uh, you've got the EEO order, the executive order from late January uh, with respect to these issues. I mean, this administration from day one has sent a very chilling message to capital markets, uh, to energy infrastructure, to development domestically. And, and now what's happening? We're yielding. I mean, we're actually, you know, harvesting that, this difficulty of being able to have access to energy in a timely fashion. 
Yeah, absolutely. And um, former EPA Administrator Scott Pruitt, this is Rita Cosby. I'm joining you here on Cats at Night. I was just hey, about to ask you, hey, I was about to ask you, um, this week we saw these hearings in Congress, and I thought it was horrible. It was like the Democrats were trying to vilify all the oil executives, and they wouldn't even let them answer. Uh, what, what do you make of the sort of the theatrics, the politics of it that the Democrats are playing now? Well, having experienced a little bit of that <laughs> in my, my, my previous position, uh, you know, these, these hearings uh, oftentimes, unfortunately, are not about substance and answers and policy. They're more about theatrics and, and, and optics. And, um, you know, the, the American people presently, and, and rightfully so, as they look at Washington, D.C., you know, they don't deal with issues in a substantive and meaningful way. They, they, they engage in these theatrics and, and then these blame game uh, type of approaches that cause frustration. I mean, we really need to be doing something about these issues. You know, pipeline authorization, expediting permitting, encouraging investment in energy infrastructure, uh, and, and ensuring that we can, in fact, export to the world. I've spent quite a bit of time the last two or three years uh, in, in Eastern Europe, specifically Sofia and Bulgaria and Romania, those areas of the world that have been begging for American energy, LNG exports, and, and, and we could not compete favorably with prices. You mentioned, you know, Noble Energy, Ed, you know this, with, with, with the, the project they had uh, there in Israel. There was a liquefaction facility that was built, I think, in Egypt, if I'm not mistaken, um, that, that is very aggressive at trying to get LNG into that, to that part of Europe. And yep. they could, the, the costs were much lower at that time. You're absolutely right. There were two LNG plants that are now using that gas from Israel, and they're shipping uh, LNG to Europe, right? And it's pretty – it's close, right across the Mediterranean. And we could be doing the same thing in this country if we got serious about, you know, uh, expediting these liquefaction facilities. I mean, just three or four years ago, as I, as I was engaged in discussions, I think Chenier's capacity at that time was, uh, was subscribed 90-plus percent. They'd already they, for over 15 years, you know. So they had a very small margin of liquefaction capacity that they could actually provide to producers. In other words, you know, to to, to Scott. The bottom line is yeah. before we have to take a break. The bottom line is the America can solve the energy problems of Europe and the United States and North America. All we have to do is apply our own resources. Take the shackles off. That's it. That's yeah. it. Which this administration doesn't seem to want to do. You know, why, at why all. Is and, John, the, and John, yes. and, and John, let me say this to you as well. I mean, the, 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 the idea that if we do that, that, that somehow the environment is going to suffer. Let, let me tell you, I mean, we have the technology in this country. Now, questionable scalability has always been a challenge, but carbon capture and sequestration is something that works. The scalability has been a problem, but with all the money that has been allocated to renewable energy, all the incentives, all the credits, all the you know subsidization that's occurred to move people to electric vehicles, how about taking just a portion of that, John, and de- dedicating it toward you know car- carbon capture and sequestration to allow us to take advantage of all our natural resources and to become much more independent? How about how about that, Congress, as opposed to all the theatrics that you engage in and trying to make sure that you embarrass CEOs that are trying to do the best they can to provide energy to this country and to the world. Scott Pruitt, thank you for every, everything you've done for our country. He's also the former attorney general of Oklahoma. Thank you, and uh, thank you for speaking out for our country and continue to speak out for our country. God bless you, and God bless America. Thank you. 
Blessings, John. Thanks. Thank you. Now we have uh, Frank Morano. Frank Morano, mm-hmm. one of our own. Trouble. Trouble. He's on the other side of midnight, Monday through Friday. And he's got some great stories. And, and Frank Morano has sent you a warning, Rita. Uh-oh, again? Don't stand too close to those UFOs because <laughs> <That's> four <laughs> women were found to be pregnant oh, when no. they stood too close to those UFOs. Oh, Frank thanks. Morano, tell us all, uh, all the <laughs> stories you've had on, on the other side of midnight between 1 o'clock in the morning and 5 in the morning. Well, quite a few on the on the extraterrestrial front or the UAP front, because we don't know for a fact that they are extraterrestrial, is the rather shocking news this week that the Pentagon has released all about 1,500 pages of documents as per a, uh, a FOIA request indicating that there were a number of injuries of people that stood too close to these to these uh, these entities, these UAPs, and one at least one woman, possibly as many as four, John, that might have gotten uh, impregnated by one of these uh, one of these UAPs. I know it sounds wait, wait, fantastic. Frank, were they good-looking UAPs, or were they? <laughs> <laughs> Did they buy them dinner first? It's a good Flowers, question, Flowers, roses, you know. <laughs> it's a good question. No indication of that from the Pentagon, and they've redacted the name, so we can't reach out. To, uh, to the person that, uh, th- that was impregnated. But one story that I am really interested in tonight, a lot of you may remember this, the incident on the USS Nimitz back in 2004. This was on the front page of the New York Times in 2017, uh, and a number of other publications ran with it, 60 Minutes, the whole thing about it. These so-called tic-tac-looking objects that were spotted off the coast of the USS Nimitz. Well, I'm going to be joined tonight by the filmmaker who's made a documentary all about that USS Nimitz incident. And just this week, he has now released new um, new photographs of the USS Kearsarge just last year, a Navy warship being chased by two balls of light. And initially, the people on the warship, the Kearsarge, thought this was some sort of uh, a test, some sort of a device. But they got the word from the Navy that, no, this was not one of theirs. Now, this obviously raises the question, if, if it wasn't, what is it? So we're going to get into that, um, and uh, also we're, we'll have the latest on and all the other news that you guys have been coming. Frank, I understand well. these. Uh, uh, well, UFOs have a different terminology. You call them U- right. U- UAPs. What UAPs. What is UAPs? Unidentified, unidentified aerial phenomenon. phenomenon. Instead of the word UFOs, and I understand they're coming from underneath the trenches uh, off the coast of the Pacific Ocean near Catalina and San Diego. Isn't that true? Well, we don't know where they're originating, but we have seen a lot of these sightings in that very area. And there have been instances of where it appeared that they either came out of the ocean or went into the ocean afterwards. So that's one of the questions that I'm going to ask David Beatty tonight is uh, what the patterns are with respect to the oceans and these uh, devices. And obviously you have the question of what are they? Some people believe they belong to a foreign government, although Luis Elizondo was on the Fox News channel yesterday. He used to be the head of what's called the ATIP program, basically what was, and they claimed was discontinued, the Pentagon's UAP watching program. He said there's no way a foreign government has this kind of technology. Some people believe it's our own government. Some people believe it's a high-end military contractor, or some people believe it's something otherworldly. Uh, So we're going to explore it. Frank, this is Pete King. Along those lines, if any of these aliens showed up in your neighborhood in Staten Island, 
Make sure they fit right in if they did. But make no, sure so they're make sure they're wearing their mask. Yeah, and, and something else if women are around. Okay. <laughs> now I'll tell you on one one form of intelligence I heard. I heard you know the Navy Navy intelligence and the Navy runs these UFO programs etc cetera, etc cetera, and and it's been said that. The Navy has their own uh, uh, space program. Is that is, didn't I hear that, uh, Frank? Well, they actually they just this year, uh, and this is a bipartisan piece of legislation sponsored by Senator Gillibrand and Senator Rubio. They just changed this year how UAP reporting is going to take place. There's this new separate entity, separate from uh, the Navy, that's now going to be tasked with handling these reports of UAPs just because, in part because of this Nimitz video, uh, it's become much more of a mainstream issue. It used to be considered sort of the stuff of Pulp Fiction novels. and I understand, Frank, and that will be my last thing, and, we'll, uh, and we're going to sign off, uh, the, that uh, the Navy – remember Seaview, the, the, the uh, submarine, and sure, they had the absolutely. flying sub? I understand – the Navy does have flying subs. Sea Hunt. Sea Hunt it was. Yeah, sea, no, no, not right. Sea Hunt. Yeah. Sea View was something. Oh, Sea View. Yeah. Sea View. Okay. I understand I the Navy does have flying subs, but I'm not allowed to say it on the audience in front of a million people. Yeah, not allowed to say it. <laughs> he didn't let the secret <laughs> out at all. Frank Orlando, <laughs> I'll be listening between 1 o'clock and 5 o'clock in the morning. Thank you. Wow, all. Frank. And uh, uh, the other side of midnight, Frank Morano. And tonight, the other, other side of midnight, with Curtis Sliwa for Saturdays and Sundays. Thank you so much, Frank. And tonight, Rita Cosby, what are you going to talk about? Uh, Monday through Friday, Rita Cosby from... Uh, 10, o'clock 10 o'clock to 1 o'clock. To, to, no, midnight, to midnight. To midnight. To midnight. And, and what uh, are you going to talk about, Well, Rita? first, I'm still trying to get over um, the impregnating don't go UFOs. Too close to the UFOs. <laughs> I'm going to try to stay away from that. I'm, I'm going to try to stay away from that, you guys. Um, but I'm now I'm curious. i got to maybe talk to Frank more about this. But I also have Montel Williams on tonight. Wow. Who's going to be talking about some stuff, neat stuff he's doing for veterans. And a lot more on the border because, as we know, uh, the governor is shipping migrants, Governor Abbott, right to the steps of the White House in Capitol Hill, and that's thank a hot you. issue. Thank you, Rita Cosby. Thank you, Congressman thank you, John. Uh, King. Thank you, Ed Cox. And thank you, Judge Weinberg. And this is John Katzmanides. Make the, your last contributions the last day for uh, uh, for the uh, hungry in in Ukraine at uh, wabcradio.com. Hit donations. God bless New York. God bless America. God bless